0: Hello, I'm Karen Pascal, I'm the Executive Director of the Henry Nowen Society. Welcome to a very special episode of Henry Nowen, Now and Then. We invite you to share the daily meditations in these podcasts with your friends and family. Through them you can help reach our spiritually hungry world with Henry Nowen's writings, his encouragement, and of course his reminder that each of us is a beloved child of God. We have a Christmas present for our Henry Nouwen listeners, readers, and donors around the world. We're delighted to bring you a wonderful recording of Henry Nouwen that we discovered at the Henry J.M. Nouwen Archives at the Kelly Library of the University of St. Michael's College. Originally, Henry recorded this talk for his two dear friends, Franz and Amika. The three had been together for a visit in nineteen ninety one, and throughout the weekend Henry overflowed with ideas and visions that were currently shaping his spirituality. Franz and Amika encouraged Henry to take time to record what he was processing. Fortunately that's exactly what he did. It's a beautiful, inspiring and intimate recording by Henry Nowen himself titled To Be the Beloved.
1: So let me just talk a little bit about the spiritual journey that um, I am becoming aware of and, and tell you a little bit how, how I think that maybe also other people, your friends and my own friends, can uh, be brought into that journey or being stimulated by it. Because I, I really feel that, um, that what I'm living I'm not just living for myself, I'm, I'm living for other people and uh, when you Annemieke sort of encouraged me to make a tape um, and when you encouraged me to, to be a little bit more explicit about what I'm living, uh, I, um, I really felt I should do it, not because my journey is so terribly important but because what I'm living is not just for myself. Well, the, 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 the words that I like to start with are words that were spoken to Jesus. And these words are You, I, my beloved, on you, my favour rest. And for a long time I've read these words, but the last few months they have become very important for me. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan and He came out of the water, there was a, a voice, a voice that said, you are my beloved, on you my favorite rest. And I I suddenly realized how intimate these words were. And God spoke to Jesus and called Jesus His Beloved, His Favorite One. And I suddenly became aware that these words that were spoken to Jesus are words that are also spoken to me. Because Jesus keeps saying, just as the Father loves me, so he loves you. So Jesus is the Son of God, but, but we are the children of God just as Jesus is a child of God. And so the belovedness is, is a quality of everyone who is a son or a daughter of God. We are the beloved. And I realized suddenly, you know, how hard it is for me to believe that. In many, many ways, I, I, I resist that. Because I, I, I think that I'm not very beloved. I constantly think of myself as a failure. I constantly think of myself as not living up to my own expectations of myself. I constantly, you know, find that I am um, I'm not such a good person. So there is a, a another voice in me that is very strong and that keeps saying, "You're no good. Uh, you're useless. Uh, you um, you are." Um, a failure, uh, you, um, uh, you, 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 you know no good, no, no source of life for others or whatever. And, 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 and I have to fight that because there's real strong in me that, that dark force that keeps calling me names. And I sometimes pay a lot of attention to these voices. And I start believing that voice that says you're no good, you're useless, you have nothing to offer, uh, you you life is a waste, uh, you're not life giving, and all that. That suddenly I I realize how much attention I pay to that, and I and when I listen to that, I, I become dark inside, you know. I, I start and and I, I become bitter and, and resentful and angry and jealous sometimes. But but there's something happening in me that. Um, yeah, this, this is really very, very destructive. And I sometimes, you know, I come to moments in me that I think, she, you know, I wonder if life is worth living. I mean, so far can it go? And I realize I have to catch myself thinking that, you know. And the older I become, the more these voices can sometimes intrude themselves on me because my life gets shorter, and I suddenly realize that. Uh, you know, I, I don't have an eternity to live, so so I I I uh, I, I, I realize that that that, that maybe um, all my hopes and expectations of of my little life are not being realized, and here here I am a failure. So so these voices can sometimes become stronger when you become older. Maybe I, I should be honest with you and, and, and tell you that um, a few years ago I um, had a very, very painful experience in which um, somebody who I really cared for and somebody I was very close to um, sort of let me know that um, our friendship could not continue. and. Uh, and then I really cared for that person. I really loved that person very deeply. That, that breakage really um, caused me an enormous depression. And I became very dark inside. And I suddenly said to myself, you see, you're not loved. You're not good. see, this person that uh, you counted on cannot hold on to you. And, and so, so I became very, very dark inside. And I so I became desperate. I became. I felt everything was useless. The whole world, even nature and the things around me, no longer gave me life. And it was a very, very critical time in my life, because I I could have uh, slipped into a permanent state of darkness, and I I, I could have uh, given up on myself. And it was in this time, really, that that I had to trust that the voice that says that I am no good is is not speaking the truth, that the truth of myself is that I am the beloved, that the truth of myself is that God loves me unconditionally, completely, long before any human being can love me, care for me, and give me affection or friendship or support you know that that voice of god that says you are my beloved on you my favor rest that's the voice that i have to believe in that's the voice that i have to trust that's the voice that i have to pay attention to and i tell you it's terribly difficult because that voice is not very loud it doesn't push itself The voices of the world around, you know, of society that says, I'll uh, prove that you're good, prove that you can do something, prove that you're worthwhile." I mean, I want to see some results or so. These voices are are very loud and and, and very noisy. But the voice of God, that first voice of love, that is a soft voice, it's a very gentle voice. It's a voice that that touches me very softly, and and sometimes uh, I cannot hear it well because I'm not paying attention. But I tell you, that's the voice I have to listen to. You are my beloved. On you, my favor rests. You are my beloved. On you, my favor rests. You know, and. What I have to do is to simply sit quietly or walk quietly and and let that voice speak to me. And I have to hear that voice. To hear that voice saying, You are my beloved. On you my favour rest. And I have to allow that voice to penetrate all the parts of my whole being. It's hard because I I, 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 yeah, I know there are these other voices, but I have to keep listening. You know, it's interesting. Um, you prayer to pray has been always hard for me, but now I realize that what prayer means is first of all to listen to the voice that says, "You are my beloved." On you, my favorite, as to really listen to them. You know, uh, it, might, it might be fascinating to play a little bit with words, but it's a good way of playing with words. The word obedience really means listening with great attention. It comes from the Latin word audire, which means to listen, and obaudire means to listen with great attention. So obedience means... To listen with great attention. And to pray for me is is that high act of obedience. To really listen to the voice that calls me the beloved. You know, and it's interesting that the word for deaf, for not listening, in Latin is surdus. And really deaf is absurdus. The word absurd comes from not listening and 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 my life is absurd becomes more and more absurd and depressing when I no longer listen to the voice who calls me the beloved when I am deaf for that voice and listen only to the other voice that tell me to prove that I'm important or valuable or the voices that says you're no good and, and prove it and so on so, so, to pray is to be obedient. To be obedient is to listen. To listen to the voice that calls me by my true name. That calls me by the name of the Beloved. That tells me who I really am. I am the Beloved. Now, I, I, I like to work a little bit longer around that, because I think there are enormous implications for that. And I, I, I like to, to speak a little bit more about what that means, that we are the Beloved. Because the voice that calls us the Beloved is the voice of the first love. The first love. That's an important word. John the uh, Evangelist says, Love one another because God has loved you first. So the voice that calls us the beloved is the voice of the first love. And it's important because it means that we have been called the beloved long before our father and our mother and our brothers sisters and our friends and our church and our colleagues spoke to us or called us good or said something about us. It's very important. You know we often spend a lot of time and energy to think about the people that have given life to us and that we have spent our youth with and you know what happens in our use is terribly important. But one of the tragedies of life is that those who love us also wound us. We are wounded by the people who love us. You know, it's so real. I mean, I, mean, I, I get upset by my father or my mother or my brothers or my sisters or my the people in my church or in my community, I I get upset. Because I love them, they love me, but I also get hurt by them when they don't do what I hope they will do or when they don't give me the attention I desire. And so I'm really a person who is deeply loved but also deeply wounded, and we all are. I'm a wounded person, deeply wounded, and mostly wounded by the people who love me most sometimes. that's a tragedy. My father and my mother, you know, they 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 love me deeply, but they also are so obviously limited. They have their own needs. They have their own uh, weaknesses. And, and so, you know, as a little baby, as a little child, I I want them to be God and to give me everything, and when I discover they don't, then I get hurt, I get wounded. And quite often we spend a lot of our energy later in life to explore where and how we were wounded, how we were used, or misused, or even abused. And yeah, that's true. I mean, there's a lot of brokenness in the most basic relationships of our lives. And, and so we, we are always wounded people. And sometimes we get even so overwhelmed by it that we, 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 we see ourselves victimized. And we say, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm victimized by what happened in my youth say. you know, these things are so terrible that I, I can't even get out of them anymore. I mean, I are terrible. Look what they did to me. Look what happened when I was young. Look at the terrible things that I had to live through. And they are terrible, it's real. It's very painful. But um, I I, I think it's important to say that even though they are painful and even though they are wounding They don't have to victimize us. I really believe that. I mean, that's what I'm coming to discover. That's what I'm saying. Because the love of my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and my church is the second love. The first love is the love that did not wound, that does not wound. It's the love of the one who says, You are my beloved. On you, my favor rests. You know, and that voice was there before I even was born. That's the mystery. You know, the whole scripture is full of that. I love you with an everlasting love. I have called you from all eternity, I'm holding you safe in my eternal embrace you are written in the palm of my hand you are hidden in the shadow of my hand you belong to me as i belong to you i give myself to you i love you from all eternity i have molded you in the depths of the earth I have knitted you together in your mother's womb. You know that all these words that are there in the Psalms and in the in the books of the Old and New Testament. I mean these words are all speaking about the eternal love of God. It was a love that existed before we were even born. It's really important to claim that love, to claim that, because that's real that's not just a saw that's not a pious idea but it's real but it's most real actually more real than the love of my father and mother and brothers and sisters and all these people is, is the love of God because my father brothers and sisters are very mortal and they they they're not they're always but God is there always and he holds me in that love and you know what I want to say is. it's it's, it's, it's It's something that is suddenly becoming very real to me. That life, you know, the the life in this world is a short life. But if I know that I am eternally loved, then I also know that when this short life on earth comes to an end, I'm still held safe in that eternal love. That's why they say love is stronger than death. You know, even... After my death, I, I will be in that love. I will be in that embrace. I will exist in the arms of God. I will be there. Because the love that existed from all eternity will exist for all eternity. It's an, an embrace that is, that is there. You know, that's the, the, that's the, the core of the good news that God loves us from eternity, from all eternity, and loves us for all eternity, and that I'm safe in that love, that, and that that is the love that my heart's most desires. You know? That I have been created with a heart that always searches for that first love, that wants that first love. Because... Only the one who has created me can fulfill the desire of my heart, because he has created me with a heart that wants to be eternally loved. That's, that's the mystery of my face. And I'm telling you the story because this is something I'm saying now, and I couldn't even say that like a year ago. I'm discovering this through a lot of suffering, through a lot of pain, through a lot of rejections. Oh, i lived a lot of painful moments and uh, I felt very rejected by certain people. And um, I could easily have become very bitter and very dark inside, but I, I I was helped by certain people to to go to the source of my love. And, and I found there that, that first love that was always there, but that I hadn't claimed for myself. And now I, I am a little bit more in touch with it, just a little bit more. <laughs> I shouldn't exaggerate, but a little bit more. And I suddenly realized that, in a very basic sense, that's where my life is really anchored in that first love. And ever since I I, I saw this, I, I ever since I saw this, I have a new vision on the meaning of my life. You so know, I'm now fifty nine. Yeah? And uh, I don't know how long I will live, maybe another 10, maybe another 15 years, we don't know. Maybe mature, maybe a little longer. But what is the meaning of this, of this little life? These 60, maybe 70 years I will live, it's... The meaning of it, is, I, I now realize, is to say yes to that first love. Somehow I have to respond to that first love and I have to say, I love you too, simple like that. Not only I hear a voice that says, you are my beloved, but I speak in response to that, I love you too. And that life is basically an opportunity to freely say yes to that first love. It's amazing, you know, what? ever well, since I, I see that I understand a lot better how to live. You know when, you know I, I live the experience of decay. I'm becoming old, so I'm not so strong anymore as I was twenty years ago. But but I can live it now differently because I can live it as a new opportunity to, to say yes to that first love. I go through a lot of trouble, you know, personal trouble, but also trouble in the community, and then there's all the trouble of the national, and international situations. You know, they are incredibly painful. But but I'm living them now, as saying in the midst of all this turmoil and all the troubles, God is asking me to say yes to His voice calling me the beloved, and my name. Facing my death and, and realising that I will die. Uh, I, I, I realise that uh, that my death is just to, to lead me to a lasting home. It leads me to a place where I will be with my lover and, and in which the one who has called me, who calls me the beloved, will be there. And I will see him face to face. I'm a child of God. But the fullness of that is not been revealed to me yet. But it will be revealed to me. As I. As I will finally make the final passage. And go home. Go home. Go home. And that's a beautiful song. I'm going home. I'm going home to the one. Who has called me the beloved. And who has sent me into this world, into this world in order to uh, to live a life that says, yes, yes, I love you too. Yes, this is painful, but uh, in the midst of the pain, I realize that your love will not go away. Yes, the, I see a friend die, and I don't want that. It hurts me. But I, I want to realize, while I'm suffering from this loss, that your first love is still there. You, you walk with me. You are my, my guide. You, your eternal love is there with me, even when at times I don't feel it, even when I'm not always experiencing it. But it's there. So, so that's very important for me. And, and this is this, this, this very basic reality. Is something very important for me. Now, finally, I I, want to say something else that that is connected with that is that, and that has something to do with feelings. You know, even though I know that I am the beloved, and even I listen to that voice, I'm not always feeling it emotionally. Emotionally, I'm still very much in the dark. You know, I don't always feel that voice like like in an emotional way. And uh, I think it's important because I'm talking about the spiritual life. The spiritual life is the life in which I listen to the voice who calls me the beloved. But the spiritual life is not the same as the emotional life nor the same as the intellectual life. Because God is greater than my heart. is greater than my mind. You know, my heart has certain little feelings and my mind has certain little thoughts. But God is greater than my heart and than my mind. And therefore, I cannot always feel God and not always sing God because He's greater than my heart and than my mind. And therefore, the, the, I have to, to, to trust in that voice that calls me the Beloved even when that doesn't always mean that I feel that voice or I think beautiful thoughts about it. Right? Quite often I can be in darkness. I can still experience real depressions at times when when my, my emotions are, aren't able to, um, to live up to my truth, so to say, of who I am. And therefore, uh, I think it's important for you to to hear this well because I, I want to say that, that my task is to, to gradually start acting according to the truth of being the beloved and not always wait until I have the right feelings. And I, I, for me that was a really important insight. Because when I feel low about myself, I start acting according to my negative feelings, or speaking to those negative feelings, and and things get darker and darker. And and I I think it's really important that I say, no, I am the Beloved. And although I don't feel it directly, I'm going to speak words as the Beloved. I'm going to act as the Beloved. I'm going to, to be with others as the Beloved. And I'm going to trust that gradually my feelings will be converted too. And my thoughts will be different. But that doesn't always happen right away. I have to be very patient. Because I'm living in a world that is very noisy and that keeps attacking my emotions and my thoughts in ways that, you know, sometimes are very hard to, to keep on the distance. But anyhow, I... I I feel it's important that I claim my truth and gradually live according to that truth more and more, you know, so that so that I become who I am. I am the beloved. Now I have to become the beloved, and that's a slow process, but it's a very exciting process because it it lives it 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 it. it uh, it's full of hope, it's full of hope, you know. From the moment that I claim the truth that I am the beloved, I know that I have to become more and more who I am, you know, and uh, that, that requires uh, a, a decision, a choice, but I have the freedom. I can choose that. That's the remarkable thing, I can say yes in very concrete situations. and I. I can I can act according to to the truth who I am. You know, and I need some help there. I miss and I fail and I I, I slip into little depressions and I slip into moments of despair. But I, I know that that, that that despair and the darkness doesn't tell the truth about me, even when I think it does, or feel it does. No, no, but the truth is that I'm the beloved. I'm beloved from eternity and will be for all eternity. Well, you know, it was, it was nice to say these things to you because it's helpful for me. But I also hope it's helpful for you and maybe for some of your friends that, that I'm I interested in the spiritual life. So, thanks so much and I will talk to you soon again on the other side of this tape.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We were delighted to be able to offer this wonderful recording as our gift to you. It's been a very difficult and stressful year for so many people, and I trust this will prove to be a timely encouragement and blessing for each of you. Thank you for sharing our daily meditations and podcasts with your family and friends. Also, thank you so much for giving us a thumbs up or a good review for our podcast. This has been so helpful in connecting others to the resources that the Henry Nowen Society has to offer. We're grateful to the Henry J.M. Nowen archives for the fine work they do to preserve the writings, teachings, letters, and memorabilia of Henry Nowen. And we encourage you to visit their website and explore all the resources that are available for readers, scholars, and fans of Henry Nowen. For more information related to today's podcast, click on the links on the podcast page of our website. You can find additional content, book suggestions, and links to the Now in Archives and other resources. Wishing you all a very merry and blessed Christmas. Thanks for listening. Until next time.